welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Okay. Welcome back to the Define the Relationship podcast. And uh feels like it's been a while, Darlene, that we've uh, sat down. I mean, it's been about a month, but it feels like it's been longer. Years ago. Yeah, kind of missed it. Yeah, it's... Um, we're definitely in 2021, and uh, we've said goodbye to 2020. And we thought as we start this year, we would... Uh, spend at least one episode, maybe two, talking about some of our reflections of the past year. Um, as we Defining our relationship to the last year. Defining our... <laughs> yeah, that's very good, Darlene. Yeah, it's, uh, this podcast began as a way of in- engaging the Bible and how we could define a relationship to it. It feels like through the year, we've, it's morphed a little bit. We feel like the define the relationship umbrella allows us to talk about how we define a relationship to other things. And um, so I think we're probably going to find ourselves in the new year kind of going back and forth between some things. But uh, it's time for reflection. So I think when we were discussing how we wanted to, uh, to frame this conversation, we talked a bit about... Um, what did we learn in 2020, which is a pretty common question to ask. And also maybe what can be a bit more of an interesting question, which is what did we unlearn in 2020? Um, and uh, looking back, looking forward, these are all the themes. But I think we're kind of kind of be a bit like politicians when they get asked questions. We're going to ask a question and then we're just going to talk about what we want to talk about. So, <laughs> um, so Darlene, you're in the hot seat today and super uh, hot super hot yeah <laughs> not hot enough apparently you're wrapped in a blanket and... wrapped in a blanket have a cup of peppermint tea the fire is on we're waiting like... for the fire to warm us yeah so where do you want to take this well yeah kind of like what you said i veered off the the track of like, well, this is what I learned and this is what I unlearned. And I found that as I sat with just the, the question of, um, relationship over the last year, uh, there's three things that kind of emerged and there's a common word in, in each of the three things. So, um, each, each of the words have, are kind of around attention and, um, you want to spell that maybe it's A T T E N T I O N (laughs) not, you know, intention, intention. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So one of the things that I noticed a lot throughout the year, I was often asked the question and I would say most often in like sort of like a leadership context, people are saying like, what do you think is going to happen? And, you know, what are the predictions of, because it was such a unique, uh, monumental year, you know, what, what, what's, what are the predictions? And I felt a very 
I noticed that I just felt a very strong resistance to, um, predicting, um, what would happen. And I think I want to talk a bit more about this on Sunday in the context of our zoom worship as well. But, um, it's kind of like, why is everybody asking for these empty apocalyptic kind of exercises? (laughs) And I'm not in, just felt like I'm not, I don't, want to spend time there. And that became interesting to me after a while. Like, why, why do I have such a strong resistance to this? And I, I think that I, over the year felt a, a calling, maybe that's putting it too strongly, but why don't I roll with it for now? A calling to be, um, attentive to the particular present instead Hmm. of kind of like projecting it out forward, like, you know, what's going to happen? Well, people are going to be, um, people are not going to come back to church. People are going to be more depressed. People are going to be like, what do you think is going to, what's going to be the outcome? Hmm. And I noticed that I felt called to always be attentive, to pay attention to the particulars right now, Hmm. what's being revealed right now what, um, Hmm. yeah. So do you, do you have any sense about, um, well, I mean, just to put it, to put my question in a bit of context, obviously this was a very stressful and stressing year that we just went through, especially the last nine months of the year and lots of unprecedented sort of challenges that for lots of reasons, for lots of reasons. And, 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 kind of across the board, people were being challenged. Do you, do you have any sense of what sort of, what was the energy driving the questions around trying to figure out where things were going to go and how things were changing? We knew things had changed and we were now worried that it was going to change everything. Do you, do you have a sense of like what, what's driving that or, or is that not an important kind of thing to think about? I, I think it, I found it uninteresting Hmm. and maybe thereby unimportant. Hmm. If I compare it to like people that, you know, talk about the end times or the revelation and wanting to, to, you know, know the time and know the, I'm just not interested I'm not, I am a person, I think that's interested in the future. And I often am envisioning things like I, in other ways, I'm very intrigued by the future. Like we've been having a lot of conversations about seeds in the future and what the next 20 looks like. And those kind of conversations really fuel a lot of energy to think about the future in that way. But when I think about it in terms of like, um, kind of what's going on in our world and what's going to happen, uh, as a result of some of the negative things that are, un, um, unraveling in our world, I am less interested in thinking about that and have been more drawn to, um, to really planting myself in the present Mm. and part of our, um, invitation, I think for both of us this year was like in the middle of the, the pandemic, even in spring, we felt a need to 
kind of return to this centering prayer practice that mm. we have picked up at some points in our life, but it's like, oh. Do you want to do you want to say a bit about um, what centering prayer is as you're turning off your buzzer on your phone? Uh, yeah, just uh, a practice of stillness and um, prayer that is about um, just consenting to the presence and the action of the divine, of God. And that's not about about praying specific words or thinking about specific things, but just um, opening yourself up to the presence of God. So, okay. And I think, and I think part of what I, what I learned, you know, if I want to put it in the language of learning, but to be attentive to the particular in the present brought some contentment and grounding and, and those things are a gift in the context of a lot of uncertainty and chaos and um, struggle. So that's my number one attention to the particular present. That's I learned and valued that in this last year. Okay. So what was the second one? The second is... Uh, the attention to critical relationship. That's kind of how I hmm. just wrote it down without really thinking. So now you're talking about relationships where you need to be very critical with the people that you're in relationship. Is that what you mean? No. Um, I think like a lot of people this year has been a reminder of relationships that are important to us and, that it has come because we've been separated and disconnected in ways that we have been used to connecting. And it's easy to think about, you know, the most important relationships to me that I, that I've been attentive to that, wow, these, these are really important relationships to me, my, my friends and my children and my family um, but maybe the one that's less talked about is the critical relationship to, um, just the acquaintances or the, the, you know, the, the people in, in the larger community that I don't necessarily have a like close relationship with, but, I'm situated right now in this place where you're the person that goes to the grocery store and specifically being really intense about that because, um, of my connection to my parents and wanting to be a caregiver to them. Um, so I, I it's, it's maybe too strong of a word to say I miss, um, going to the grocery store. I mean, I do miss going to the grocery store, but my relational connections to, you know, just people that I encounter and other people, just, you know, I, the larger community at Seeds, the larger community of Altona, my extended family, um, 
just the ways in which relationship with the other outside of like that very close bubble is um, something I, I value. And again, there's maybe some, there's also like, it's been permission to not have to foster all those relationships. There's some relief in kind of just staying home and not having to hear as much. But I also have really recognized that um, kind of, again, I feel like I'm keep using this word calling and I don't know why I'm using that, but hmm. like calling to other, like to be connected to other people, people that I, that are outside of kind of like the normal bubble. Hmm. I don't just want to be, I, the bubble is sometimes amazingly safe and comfortable, but I don't just want to be in this bubble for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I'm wondering if, if you reflect on the past year, what's your, what's your evaluation about, um, about how the, <clears throat> excuse me, the times that we're living in right now, um, did that make critical relationships, um, impossible to, to, uh, to foster, or did you, did you find that, well, there was some shifts in how that happened and there was some benefits from that and maybe some difficulties that came in and like, what was your, if you kind of look at it, the big picture of how you were able to connect to people. I mean, it's quite obvious. I mean, this is a part of how you're wired is you're wired to be relationally connected to people. And, um, you talk about going to the grocery store. I mean, you're the person who takes maybe two or three times longer to shop because you end up having um, encounters with people that aren't necessarily people you normally connect with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can, especially with masks today, one can breeze into the store and out of the store without having to really interact with anybody. In fact, it's actually not a safe thing to do. Um, but what, what, what do you, I don't know, what's, what have you learned about that? Is there... Is it just all, well, that was a lot harder this year or? Yeah, I mean, I think there's already been lots of conversation about, you know, missing the in-person kind of connections, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 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 um, you know, Zoom fatigue, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if I have anything new to say about it, except that, um, you know, I'm just reminded over and over again that presence is matters like, and there's different, there are different ways to be present. You can, uh, and they're not ideal, but, but you can, you can be creative and the, the limitations afford you some like great opportunities to be innovative. So yeah, there's you know, like Christmas day with our kids is stands out after we'd made the decision and then it was beautiful outside and we had a fire and had just this magical day together that I thought was going to be really hard and, and it didn't turn out to be hard, which was like, wow, 
You know, that's amazing. Yeah, like the opposite of hard. Yeah. Being a memorable, a memorable day that we keep talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. But again, it's, it's like this, this idea, this spiritual practice of being attentive. I, we've had lots of opportunities to f- kind of flex that muscle this year. Hmm. So number three, you're, I mean, you haven't been able to preach in front of a, a live group of people for a while, but you can't get rid of the three points. I know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the poem at the end. <laughs> um, the so number third three. one is attention to grief. Mm. So what do you want to say about that? <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds heavy. Yeah. Uh, this was a year where we, where I lost significant people and significant connections. And I have some sort of, some touchstones kind of memories in my head of like overflowing grief of, you know, losing Kurt, um, losing Maddie, Hmm. uh, my niece and again, that brought attention to life's fragility and, um, a couple weeks ago, um, a guy that we met on the Camino died and one of his, um, his name is, uh, Yogi. He's from New York and, um, we had some significant experience with Sis with him on, on the Camino and he developed cancer and, um, one of the Facebook posts that stuck out to me recently was, you know, him kind of talking about how you never know when your last adventure is. And, and that felt like a reinforcement of something we've already experienced this year. You know, Maddie is, was 22 and four days younger than Micah, our son. And so Mm -hmm. some of that, you know, it just, again, brought home like what I have and what I lost and, Mm. and what our family lost and what my brother and sister-in-law lost and lots of grief for people I love and how hard it is, but how important it is to feel it and pay attention to it and what it's bringing up in you and um, so that's kind of very personal. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I kind of put under, I don't know if you have a question in no, regards keep... to that, but the other thing kind of under that category of grief, attention to grief is how this year globally, um, afforded us a, a lot of opportunities to grieve along with, um, communities of color and, uh, to grieve kind of just the 
the state of countries and the state of our world in responding to um, a pandemic and and increased hate and confusion and I mean there's there's just a lot of grief I think around those things and I was taking a class in in school on race and gender and so ha- also alongside kind of what's happening in the world had a lot of opportunities to do more reading and you and I have done more reading and listening to podcasts and like educating ourselves more on race issues in in uh in the United States but in Canada in mm-hmm. in North America um and gender also was part of this class and patriarchy and we listened to podcasts on you know patriarchy and these things are not just like topics and issues they're like they're they get personal and they mm-hmm. have caused me to do a lot of reflection about how i've interacted and engaged with races and with men and you know, how I reckon with my, who I am in the world. And, and so that has brought some grief too about where we are and where we've been and, and how I've contributed to that and how, uh, it's very, it's been a really humbling kind of process Mm -hmm. and it's certainly not ending anytime soon. Yeah, so that's yeah. a big category, but yeah. that just kind of all flows under this attention to to grief that emerges um, on behalf of others and and for myself. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it feels like to try to maybe um, connect the circle on where you started your reflections about. Um, you're talking about how you found yourself in conversations where the question is, well, where are things going and what's going to change and how can we get a handle on what's, how the world has changed? And um, it almost, I don't know, maybe you, can, maybe you can reflect on this too, but it seems to me that where you ended up in your reflecting about saying, I've had to pay attention to grief this year, I wonder if there's something there about like we we have a tendency when things are falling apart, things aren't going very well, things aren't where we want them to be. We move either to planning mode, what can we do differently? Or we might, you know, a lot of the energy can just be around fear, anxiety. And then that kind of plays itself out in anger and frustration and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, pointing pointing out people who aren't doing it the way they should be doing it, which is a, is a real strong energy in our, in our time right now. And it kind of feels a bit like, well, um, maybe paying attention to what we're grieving in these situations when we are losing things that were important to us. And, um, that maybe sometimes there's something healthier about lingering there. Um, but it's complicated I think for us, because part of it, part of the things that we're grieving, sometimes they're things that we sort of recognize that, well, we can grieve that because we were privileged to think that we could have that in the first place. So we're grieving things like travel, 
um, I know for you, a big thing, like you've had to grieve. You made a decision a couple of years ago to go back to school and you've basically done the majority of your schooling will be done virtually. You, you know, had one, two week opportunity to be with people mm-hmm. and you've had to say goodbye to that experience in person. And, um, it, you know, and I don't know, maybe sometimes we're grieving some of those things and then we pivot to out something outside of ourselves to be frustrated about or say, oh, okay, well, I think the world's changing and we need to change a bunch of stuff. And, um, we, we skip over the, the loss. We skip over the frustration that we are having about our own experience. Yeah. I think that's a really good observation. I think, um, we can, pro- um, kind of just project the planning. And if we think we can, maybe it's a way to try to gain control that mm-hmm. if we can know where this is going to go and what the consequences are going to be, then we, how can we plan to kind of avoid the worst of it or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I understand it. I understand, you know, why people ask the question about, you know, what's going to happen and, um, but I, I guess it's just, it has not, that has not been my, that's not been my question. Yeah. That's not been my quest. My quest it has been to, to listen attentively to what is being revealed. Like, you know, the apocalyptic is the unveiling, right? The revealing, mm. And what is being revealed right now and how can I pay attention to it? And, and I think that will affect how I will be whenever I'm in the future Mm -hmm. and whatever happens is happening (laughs) because whatever is happening, then I don't know what that is. Like if, if, if anything, I've realized like how I don't know anything. There's so every time, how many times in this last year have we thought we had a plan, even if it was just a small plan. And then it's like half an hour later, what what were we thinking (laughs) that we thought that was going to, that we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really, um, absurd how how often, (laughs) we've sort of made predictions about where things were going and, um, and just not really having a clue. And if anything, maybe we're getting a bit better at pivoting quicker and saying, yeah, like we can, oh, right. we can, oh, right. yeah, like we can have a thought and this, somebody just has to ask a question about like, well, I, I still think that's restricted. Oh yeah. Right. You're right. But I mean, we had these good experiences with Pete, with our kids doing things, within the restrictions and then somehow it makes you feel like, well, things are starting to open up because you feel opened up and then you realize, oh no, we're still in the same place. We need to <laughs> need to back up and, and uh, work and from I'm, where we are, not where it's going. And I'm really glad that like, you brought up the school thing, but I'm really glad that I didn't know that it was going to be this way all the way to the end because I might not have made... I probably wouldn't have started. Right. And even when it started, 
I, I wasn't sure if I was going to continue each semester, but each semester I just tried to pay attention to what, what's happening in me now. What's this, what's the discernment? What's the kind of the spirit of this moment that I need to pay attention to. And every time I kept on going, okay, I, I feel like I'm going to just keep going. And then now here I am entering into my last semester and realizing I did almost the whole thing virtually and that I entered the program because I didn't want to do a distance thing. <laughs> so if I would have known, yeah. if we would have known the, like how many times can you say, Oh, if I would have known the future, if I would have known how hard parenting was, if I would have known how, how hard it was to be married, would I have still done it? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it feels like, like bringing this back to our, our faith, our spiritual life. It feels like, <clears throat> um, and I think all, all your reflections really kind of hit on this is that our capacity, especially, I think it's part of the, the time that we live in. We're so, we're so used to speed we're so used to things being very responsive and um, we get easily frustrated when our high-speed internet doesn't work. We get frustrated quickly, failing to remember what it was like 40 years ago when such a thing didn't even exist for us. And, um, and so this is in all aspects of our life and um, the things that you were describing and reflecting on being things to pay attention to or things that they feel simple and universal and they're not things that you can sort of focus on the speed of things happening. It's very much about sitting with and allowing things and um, finding something larger than yourself in the midst of things to be grounded to. Mm -hmm. And rather than trying to figure out how we can get out of this or get back to something or, mm -hmm. or get through it. And, um, that's just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's easy to say that we're not very good at that now in this time. Maybe we've never been good at it. I don't know, but it sure feels like that's a real challenge to find ways to live and be in moments of that we find ourselves in. And, uh, and it seems kind of crazy to say that in a very tumultuous year, I grew the most in contentment. Hmm. That that doesn't seem like it should go together. Hmm. Hmm. I definitely have some thoughts on that, but I think I might wait till till it's your turn. Till it's my turn. Yeah. It feels like. Um, this was a good, this was a good reflection. I don't think we need to keep going today. I think it would be good to talk about, um, this in another podcast, my, my side. Um, thanks for, for reflecting and sharing that Darlene. Thank you for asking questions and thank you for joining us. Today. Yes. Thanks for joining us. I just want to give everybody a little bit ahead, a little bit of a heads up of where things might be going in the next little while. I'd like to update you on the Pete Ends watch. I don't know if you, <laughs> you've been uh, thinking like, oh, there was a 
there was a hope that we might have Pete Enns on the podcast, and there was sort of a promise that we would have Pete on the podcast, possibly by the end of the year. Um, I can confirm that we have a tentative date to sit to sit down and have a conversation with Pete in February. So that's something to look forward to in the in the dead of February. It would be a good time to to have something surprising and exciting. So that's coming up. Um, also wanted to say that uh, um, Darlene kind of hinted talking about our some of our next 20 thinking that we've been doing over the last two years at Seeds. Hey, we just had a birthday. We're 21. We're legal in every province and state. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Um, raise a glass as Rob Bell would say, yeah, raise a glass <laughs> of apple cinnamon tea and peppermint tea. Yes. Um, so we hope to maybe do some, um, be, you know, one of the limitations of our connection as a community is we can't gather for meetings of people of any size right now. And, uh, meetings over zoom are not always very fun. So, um, we thought maybe we could use the podcast to be a venue where we might talk about some of the things that are bubbling to the surface. And there are some exciting, exciting things that have come out of our community process to ask the question, where are we going? And, um, and some things that maybe we can get moving on in the next six months to 12 months. So good to have you with us. And um, as always, we would love to get feedback from you. You can give us feedback through our website, seedschurch.ca. Um, info at seedschurch.ca is an email. If you have questions or podcast suggestions or guests or famous people that you know that you could bring <laughs> onto the podcast. Or non-famous people. Or non-famous people. If you want to be a guest on our podcast. <laughs> oh boy, maybe we shouldn't say that. You might be on the verge of becoming famous if you come onto this podcast. Super famous. Super famous, exactly. <laughs> All uh, right. Okay. See you, everyone. Peace, everyone. Bye.